Hello and welcome to Disgraced, a podcast by the Awkward Silence. In this programme, we interview all manner of high-profile figures about their fascinating careers. These people have something in common. They all bathed well in the warm milk of success. So how, we ask them, did that milk sour and turn into the foul cheese of shame? Prepare yourself for revelations. Prepare yourself for truth. Prepare yourself for disgraced. Hey, it's great to talk to you. How are you? Oh, very well. Indeed. In this episode, I spoke to model Basil Garvey. You had, uh, you had that meeting, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that that's all done. That's all good. Now, now it's a great time. Okay. What what was the meeting? Oh, the meeting. I I don't know. <laughs> this guy he comes to me and he says, "Will you be the face of dog food?" And I say, "What? <laughs> do, I, do I look like the face of dog food to you?" And he said, yeah, that's, that's why we've come to you. That's exactly what we think you look like. All right, that's, that's a bit insulting, actually. But dealt with that pretty quick. I, I showed him who's boss. Oh, great. So you agree so to I'm do it? Dark blue now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's fantastic. Wonderful. I know, fantastic. Well, that's great news. And I'm glad we could re- reschedule. Basil Garvey, you are, of course, um, one of the country's most famous male models. You're... Uh, <laughs> Your face and your in your body have been passed all over billboards around the country and uh, well, oh, boy, yes. across the world, of course. Those abs, uh, I, I think I know your abs uh, better than I know my own, Basil. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there who know my abs better than I do, you know? Um, whose abs do you think you know best, Basil? <gasps> whose abs do I know best? That's That's got to be Dave, uh, my agent, yeah. uh, my best friend. Mm-hmm. I've seen those abs in the setting sun of the Southern Hemisphere. I've seen those abs over the Panama Canal. I've seen those abs under the Northern Lights. They are, they're not, they're not good looking abs, let me tell you that. But, mm. but they're Dave's abs, you know. And if there's one site, and I, I, I said this on the Desert Island Discs, I said, you got your works of Shakespeare, you, you got your Bible, but Dave's abs. I'm, I'm so is that sorry. Dave, is that Dave calling now? I'm going to have to get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, hang on. I'll just, I'll just go and do that. No, I said, no. Uh, yeah, okay, pastrami. Sure, fine. It's, well, it's the same thing. I, I don't have time for this, okay? Jeez. Sorry, sorry about that. That's okay. Was, was that, who was that? Uh, that was my girlfriend, Shaniqua. She's, right. she's good. She's a great kid. I love her. She's wonderful. She is. <laughs> let me tell you, in the sack, she's very conservative. She doesn't really like right. uh, and that's And that's fine. You know, we're, we're emotionally um, quite, quite closely involved, but physically not, not, not so much. But yeah, no, she's, she's a good kid. Um, Basil, we're going to talk about your career, the highlights mm. and um, mm. the lowlights, I'm afraid, as well. First of all, I thought I'd ask, how do you define happiness, Basil? How do I define happiness? I mean, I don't. That's part of it. You don't define it. It is indefinable. What They talk a lot about the pursuit of happiness. You got to work out what it means. I mean, mm. to some extent, it's obviously scotch. That's, that's a big part of it. Uh, mm. A lot of money. Uh, that's another, another pretty important pillar. Um, great abs. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> Does not hurt. No, happiness is like uh, 
It's like a butterfly, but like a butterfly you can't see. It's ephemeral, it's delicate, it's invisible. You can catch it, you cannot catch it. You don't even know it's there because it's an invisible butterfly, you can. So <laughs> that's my advice. You once said you were happiest when you had um, just moved to LA. And as you mm. said, as you phrased it, I think, everyone knew my name, but no one knew my secrets. That is, is that true. Still, is that still true, Basil? Ah, I mean, the City of Angels was fantastic. Everybody's got a smile for you. The muggers got a smile for you. It's, you know, <laughs> give me your money and read this television script. It's, <laughs> it's a crazy place. But your secrets, yeah, you carry your secrets with you like, like a bag of rice. In a, in a sort of Buddhist parable. It's the rice you can never reveal, the, the rice of sadness. And they, they don't want to hear it. Okay, you got to keep smiling. Whereas here, there is absolutely no encouragement to smile. It is actively frowned on. And I mean that literally, people will frown at you. You don't go around with a smile on your face. And that, I like that. My secrets are still mine. Uh, there's, about, there's only one person in the world uh, who knows my secrets, and that's Dave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Dave, <laughs> he's keeping stum, you know? Yeah, well, he's dead, isn't he, Dave? Dave is dead. That yeah. is exactly why. Yeah, yeah. dead yeah. men tell no tales. Let's talk about Dave a little bit, because your friendship was uh, one of the most significant relationships oh. of, of your life, I think. It's- oh, I'm sorry to run over you there, but it was fantastic. Yeah. It, and you met, obviously, when the, the, the pair of you were starting out both as yeah. models. He later became your, mm. your agent, as, as you say, but he started out as a model. What, what, did, you, what oh. did you see in him from that young age? I think you were both in your early, your early teens when you met, weren't you? Those were fantastic, beautiful days. If I could go back there, it'd be very strange. I think I'd find my own presence there quite troubling. I'd probably, that would probably freak me out, probably stop me going to a lot of the, a lot of the shoots. But... When we started out, the first shoot we did together, he was out there under the lights, in front of those cameras, that, that little curl of hair over one eye. He had these, this beautiful sequin cowboy outfit. It was, it was dazzling. I, I looked at him just as he caught the light full on his profile. I looked at him and I said, that is a man who is not meant to be a model. This is a bad choice of career for him. He does not look good out there. Mm, mm. That cowboy outfit is not doing him any favors. Mm. It's a work of art, but it's bulging in all the wrong places and none of the right ones. I put down my pastrami sandwich and I thought to myself, shit, this guy's not going to succeed. So I took Dave aside later and I said, Dave, that was fantastic. You're fantastic. I love you, but... You are grotesquely hideous. Uh, would you like to work for me? And how did he? How did he take that? Because that's quite a roller coaster, there, isn't it? I mean, I love you, and you're grotesquely hideous. We hadn't. No, we we had not spoken at that stage. God love him. Dave is a is a beautiful man. He's a he's a deep philosophical man. So within about half a year, he was returning my phone calls. Yeah, I think he dealt with it very, very badly, but, but a lot better, a lot better than a lot of other people would have done. 
And one of the first jobs Dave got you out in LA was um, the face. Well, it wasn't the face, in fact, was it? It was just your, your the lower half of your face um, of uh, Armani, Armani fragrance. And yeah. we're talking, we're talking ninety one, I, I believe. Mm. Immediately, you were you were catapulted to uh, a, a lifestyle you were must have been very unaccustomed to uh, money, women, Ooh. drink. How was it? How was it in those early days? Oh my God, that was that was huge for me. That was that was astonishing because, of course, uh, I was a Mormon at that point. A Mormon? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I <laughs> all the time I've been in uh, I've been at college. I I haven't had a cup of coffee. And uh, no, this was this was huge for me because when you've been when you've been the lower half of the face on top of Giorgio Armani's chest, I mean it mm. was literally the, the the chest of Armani. I was it was a very narrow window that I was able to occupy there, but they just he liked my chin. Mm. Giorgio's always had a thing about his chin; he, he doesn't like it, and uh, so he said, "Yeah, I got got to get a chin double," and that that was me. A chin double for his double chin, wasn't it? Chin double for his double chin. That was the uh, that was the ad they ran in the newspaper. I thought it was a joke initially. So how did mm. you find it as as a as a Mormon? You know uh, all this uh, frivolity and uh, and alcohol yeah. and, and partying that you were thrown into. I think at a very young age, you were. Uh, I suppose yeah. you must have been in your early twenties at that point. Oh, if that, I was. I was twenty. Mm. Is that your twenties? I was. I was barely old enough to stand i was like bambi on ice mm. you know i and <laughs> i was like bambi on ice in a candy store <laughs> i mean the first thing that happened i went under the yacht this whole shoot happened happened on a yacht mm. and i was there and i didn't know where to stand and i had these speedos on but <laughs> you know i i have no idea why because they were only shooting my chin first thing that happened first thing that happened i came up the side someone hands me an espresso and then this beautiful woman, this, this absolutely gorgeous, fantastic woman comes up to me and she says, if you drink that espresso, I'll marry you right now. And I was like, well, it's okay. <laughs> I downed that espresso. And to be fair, she probably would have married me. It was that kind of time. But literally, I couldn't see her after that. I think I dove straight into the sea. Mm. Um, I was so wired. I had never had caffeine of any kind up until that point. They had to pull me out of the water and I was still flailing my arms. And apparently, I, I, I don't remember, but apparently I was, I was just shouting, give me the bean, give me the bean, give me the goddamn bean. Take me to the top of, uh, of, of Coffee Mountain. I want to shake the hand of the coffee genie. I've, I've seen I've seen the footage and, I, and I'm afraid that's verbatim. Ooh. Yes, that's exactly what you said. You're quite right. But they must have loved they must have loved your chin, Basil, because despite this bizarre incident, you secured the job. You know, you didn't you didn't lose it. And um, you went on to be the chin of uh, of many other campaigns, including uh, yeah. Calvin Klein, uh, Paco uh -huh. Rabanne. When you when you look at those campaigns now, which is your favorite? It's probably got to be, I, I was, for a while, I was uh, the chin, uh, Duracell, the mm. battery company. I was, you know, the lantern jaw, the, the chin of power was what they went with. The chin of power. Mm. Yes, made very little sense, didn't it? It made no sense at all. I'm not a copywriter. That's not my area. Mm. Uh, I think it was, the full thing was, it was the chin of power 
Napawa de Chin, uh, which in parts of, of the United Kingdom apparently means something to do with fighting. I don't know. And why are you so proud of that particular company in Basel? Because I got the shot just right. Mm. Okay, a lot of those other things, I look at the, the, the Paco Ray-Ban one, I think, ah, you fluffed it. You had your, tin, your chin tucked in. They couldn't see the beautiful lines of it there. Uh, you weren't, your chin wasn't giving it 100%. Well, Duracell, it was. That is the best my chin has ever looked. That was peak oh. chin for you, wasn't it? Oh, peak chin. Peak chin. I've never... Since then, I've been climbing down the other side of uh, of Mount Chin. If you if you get my drift, it's been okay. It's been all right, but I moved um, from there to the abs. And surprisingly, yeah. surprisingly late, really, yeah, Basil, because you mm. focused on your chin until the age of forty five or so, and then it was only then that you <sighs> you turned to the abs. Which um, I mean, most men would would uh, would do it the other way around, of course, because. Uh, their abs would be suffering at this point, but you underwent yeah. you underwent a very strict regime to ensure your abs were your selling point. What was that regime? And 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 um, remind me remind me who trained you? It was Shrinkman. Yes, Doorbell Shrinkman, hmm. the the ab guy. All the muscle boys, all the grease monkeys, all the the flexes, the stretches, the the twinkers. They know, and you can't find him easy. He lives up in the mountains. The Hearts Mountains there. I mean, that's a flight. That's a flight to Europe. That's a little bit of walking in there. Uh, and let me tell you, that's fine on the way down. Okay, once your abs are in perfect shape, but on the way up there, you know, when all you got is a dynamite chin, it's a hard walk. But uh, yeah, he lives in the cave up there. I had to do it because, as you say, I came to the abs late. And that's, uh, that's no coincidence. It came after, um, after Dave sadly passed on. After we lost Dave, and it, it was at that point I said, I said at the funeral, the chin, the chin is over. That was Dave. Dave got me all my chin gigs. I don't want it. If I got to have a new agent, they're not going to get me chin gigs. I got to have something new. So uh, Torveld, he, uh, he said, yes, I, w- I will do that for you. But his price, his price was a hard one. And it was honey. That's right. And again, for the listeners who may not know, he insists, doesn't he, on being paid in uh, kilos and kilos of honey. Was that difficult to procure? Was that difficult? <laughs> was, was that difficult? Okay. When you say honey, I, this, this guy did not want honey out of jars. He wanted raw, fresh, wild honey. You know what you got to do for that? I mean, when you got to find it, that's not easy. And when you do... Guess what honey's guarded by? Because I didn't know. Fucking bees. Well, yeah, exactly. First, you got, the, you got the bees. They're the ones who make the goddamn honey. They want to keep it. And then, freaking bats. Yeah. Okay. Hundreds and hundreds of honey bats. What? what? What's a honey bat? I'll tell you what a honey bat is. Honey bat is a vicious a-hole. Mm. Honey bat wants one thing, and that's your eyes. He is not interested in anything else apart from honey, as the name suggests, but it's honey and human eyes, and he will have them. Shrinkman's method is, I think it's ingenious, because the payment system, you only realize after you've uh, agreed to the system and to the payment Mm. 
that is in fact the way that your abs are sculpted, isn't it? And um, it's a cunning ruse. Mm, mm. Bad old man, bad old honey lover. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you get the honey because it comes off in this huge comb. You fend off the bats. You drag that up the mountain. He says, not enough honey. And yeah, once you've schlepped a hundred combs of wild bat-ridden honey up the side of that mountain, you have abs to die for. So it's fair to say you're an advocate of the uh, shrinkman method. Oh, God, no. No, don't do it. It's appalling. I very nearly killed him. I very nearly killed myself. It's not worth it for the abs. Okay. Um, but the abs have, of course, earned you hundreds of oh. thousands of, of pounds now. Uh, but I'm afraid we also need to talk about uh, one incident which marred an otherwise uh, pretty perfect career, Basil. You were doing your ab work, uh, I mean, well into your late 50s. I believe you're um, 63. Oh, yeah. You're 63 now, is that right? <laughs> I'm not telling. <laughs> okay. And it was, uh, it was when filming for a campaign in, in Japan that things uh, went awry, didn't they? And uh, you were filming a campaign for uh, KP Peanuts. Well, maybe you could pick, pick up the story there. You'd, you'd flown over, I think, and, and people, people sort yeah. of uh, flocked to see you straight off the plane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love Japan. Japan is beautiful. The people are so enthusiastic. Mm. I'm, very, I'm very popular. But KP, KP are difficult. I, I like the nuts, don't get me wrong, and I, I don't want to badmouth these guys, but they are, you know, taskmasters in the old sense. They got literal whips mm, mm. Uh, they use on their staff. And this was, you know, halfway up Mount Fuji, this this shoot, and I kept saying, why? You know, it's setting in, set in the living room. Why is it got to be halfway up a mountain? And they kept whipping me and going mush move get up that mountain very weird and you know eventually I, I i had had enough i had been pushed to the end of my tether quite literally tired. they had me on the end of a rope but mm. yeah and you were tired you we must have been jet lagged you you were contractually obliged only to eat peanuts and you snapped didn't you and and uh talk us through what happened then when when you snapped i don't know what it was Maybe it was the, the altitude, but at the moment that my rope snapped, I snapped and I had what I can only describe as a religious transcendent experience. It was like it was taking me back to that first espresso. Mm. And I remember thinking, ah, oh, what if I'd married that girl? That would have been nice. And I think I may have been screaming about the bean genie again. And maybe it was being up a mountain, you know, the memory of the honey. Mm. Everything just came together. And Thorvald was there in my head, urging me on, mainly to get more honey. And I said, shut up, Thorvald. I have to be with the bean genie. Uh, there, was, there was blood on the snow. And there was blood in my eyes. I was running down that mountain. And I think people tried to stop me. And... When I came to later, there, there were marks of whips across my face and hands. But I did not feel that. That did not stop me because I had become one with the mountain, with the spirits of the earth. And if there were people in my way, 
I hope they got out of my way pretty quick. That's the sticking point, isn't it, Basil? Because you were you were accused, of course, of um, pushing two of the photographers off of Mount Fuji in a blind rage, and you, of course, escaped conviction largely by uh, seeking solace in the United States. You know, you're still wanted uh, in in Japan for, at the very least, manslaughter. I know there's talk of bringing the charges uh, up mm. to to murder. But do you remember that? Do you remember pushing anyone off of no. the mountain? No, no, no. I, I, I do not remember that. And 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 photographers, as I say, I was I was on another plane. But KP, I would not put that past them. The photographers, they had seen what there was to see. Maybe they'd seen too much because pushing people off the side of a mountain seems tame, seems calculated for what I was doing. I believe I tore a man apart. And I just hope to God it was the son of the bitch with, with the whip, because then I would be glad. And another of the reasons that your case has, has, not, um, has not resulted in you ending up in, in, in prison, Basil, is, of course, because you shone a light on the practices of KP and the fact that they would routinely whip uh, anyone starring in, in oh. any, any of their adverts. And this meant, you know, you wrote uh, exclusively for the New York Times in one of one of their most read pieces um, about what you experienced up that mountain, and somehow KP mm. are still selling peanuts. Um, how, oh, how they're still happen? trading. You can still buy those nuts, those goddamn nuts. And how does that make you feel, Basil? What are you gonna do? Okay, you'll learn this pretty early on as a model. That's the system where there's money, there is safety. It's the guys with the money who call the shots, the guys who hold the whip. AP, sure, they're going to sell their peanuts because they got vested interest. I'm not going to bring them down. Mm. They're bound up with the U.S. military. They're bound up with the Japanese Navy. In this country, they're bound up with your royal family. You're not going to get KP nuts out of your public houses and your supermarkets anytime soon. Oh Well, you may may well be right, Basil. Talk to me about life now. Post KP, I mean, it would it did it did terrible things for your reputation. Uh, even if you weren't convicted of murder, you were you, your your name was was blacklisted uh, across the board. What's life for Basil Garvey like now? Life, life is good. No one can take that away from you. Not even a mid-level peanut factory executive with a a leather whip. No one can take that from you. I still like to get up mountains. I still like to get out to the to the Rockies and you know, sometimes up north to Canada I like to get up there and feel that transcendent experience. Sometimes I even have a, a cup of coffee, you know, about one a year. Sure, sure, I'm not the ab guy anymore. The abs are, are off the table. You know, I'm about to be the face of Dark Chow. I'm still out there. And you know what? Maybe it's time for me to say, My eyes are up here. Look at my face. Look me in the eye and tell me you don't want to buy some dog food. Basil Garvey, thank you very much. No, no. Thank you. That was Disgraced, a podcast by The Awkward Silence. We'd love it if you could open the window of your flat or house and shout out to the nearest passerby, telling them that you enjoyed it and recommending that they try it out too. If you didn't enjoy it, keep those windows closed, baby. For more about The Awkward Silence, visit theawkwardsilence.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye now.